Good day, and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. I'm Associate Editor Elijah Poindexter. Recently, I spoke with Giovanni Mastronardi, Group President of Enterprise Banking with the core provider CSI. I talked to Mr. Mastronardi about real-time payment in 2022, which will grow in prevalence throughout the year, but will also present new and dangerous fraud risk. We also spoke about the potential of core providers to use automation for good, helping client banks educate customers on the risks of fraud in everyday banking, along with strategies on how to avoid it. I think the biggest thing that's going to happen, it's really going to happen at the beginning of 2023, is real-time payments, just because they keep pushing it back, so now it's pushed back to the, for that everybody has to do real-time ACH starting the beginning of 2023. That will start to play in 2022, though, because that... That now blurs the lines of, you know, do I need to take a debit transaction? You're going to have merchants who can do a VACH and might feel better about it. It's going to have some competition. Can I do a real-time ACH for less per transaction than if I take a debit transaction? Hmm. You're now going to have some sharing of databases and sharing of users, you know. So, you know, clearly Venmo slash PayPal, you know, is a dominant and useful player in the space of, how they do, they give the perception at least of a real-time payment. Yeah. That may become even more so with a true real-time ACH. However, with that, Elijah, now if everything is real-time, you know fraud is going to be, you know, mm-hmm. that, exactly. that's just a new fraud world. So we've got to continue to up our game in fraud prevention. We already have to do that, but as the entire world becomes real-time, you so... No longer is two-factor authentication going to be considered quite as secure. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in the process of looking at things like uh, keystroke and, and mouse tracking. So if wow. I'm on my, it can tell that I'm, it can tell it's actually me and not somebody who's taken over for me. Because let's say you somehow got my credentials and you're, you're just going onto a browser trying to use my stuff. Mm-hmm. This stuff will be able to tell, wait, Elijah's not left-handed. He doesn't move the mouse, you know, in a, in a diagonal motion, he's very up and down, straightforward with it. So it's going to be able to tell the way you, you do keystrokes. It'll be able to tell if somebody's a, a single finger typer versus a you know traditional typewriter. You know, and so you're going to have to put those types of things in place because you're already seeing fraudsters figure out how to take over, simulate somebody's phone. So if they've simulated the phone and your phone is your dual authentication. They've, they've figured that part out, right? So we're starting to see that. So with real, you know, it used to be ACH, you felt a little bit safe because you're like, well, at least we have, you know, till the next day that we could do a reversal, right? Mm-hmm. You may not get that now. So, so. Yeah, that opens up such an interesting discussion, right? Because, um, you, you know, people want it one way, but it tends to go another way. People get sick of, you know, in, in branch banking, you know, physical banking and yeah. two-step authentication and stuff. But then they switch over to, you know, a, a Venmo or a Zelle and everything, you know, everything is real time. Well, that does certainly come along with, as you said, security and fraud concerns. And I think a lot of people are not thinking about that. They think that they can sort of have their cake and eat it too, so to speak. Um but there are definitely going to be some drawbacks, I think. But uh, no, it's something, that, something definitely interesting to uh, ponder over. Um, well, and you, and you start to change behavior after a while, too, Elijah. I mm-hmm. can tell you, when American Express first started sending me an email for car, any card not present purchase, it annoyed the crowd out of me. I was just like, are you kidding me? I'm getting like seven emails a day from you. Because every time we went on Amazon, I was getting an email. Mm-hmm. And I, so that tells you how much my family's on Amazon. Now I'm frustrated if I don't get it. Because there's so much fraud 
and things like that out there that like I, I can't imagine a, having a solution that doesn't give me a notification for a card not present transaction because I'm so hypersensitive to how much takeover. A little bit of that's because I'm in this industry, but I do think people have become comfortable and accustomed to it. And you're certainly seeing enough advertising about things like that where you're getting notifications. And I, I think more consumers are going to come to expect it um, because they won't even have to have fraud themselves. They'll just have to have had a friend who was a victim mm -hmm. of fraud. Yeah. And then they'll go, oh, you know what? I might feel a lot better about this not having to go through what my friend just went through. Mm -hmm. No, I was going to say, I see that actually, I just see people understanding the necessity of it. It's not going to be happy about it. You're right, it's taking away the, but even if you look at like the things, uh, like Venmo has gotten so much better. You know, if it's, you know, I've always worried with Venmo if I'm sending somebody money, what if I pick the wrong, you know, Bob Johnson? Mm. Well, now it says, is this the Bob Johnson in your contacts? And if it's, in your contacts or you haven't uploaded, it says, well, what's the last four digits of Bob Johnson's phone number? Or, you know, it, it goes to some extra steps so I can feel good that I didn't pick the wrong Bob Johnson, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, so more things like that are going to, we're going to have to, and this is where it's going to be tough for community banks. They never like to push their users and make them uncomfortable, but they're going to have to play a part in the education of it and tell them, you need to do this and this is why. And they're going to need to stand firm when somebody complains about, oh, I'm so tired of doing two-factor authentication every time I want to send this 20,000 payroll file. Well, the flip side is, how would you like it if, if one got out? You know, even if the bank says they were going to cover it, you still have embarrassment when it doesn't work right, you know, or when somebody, it gets diverted to something else and your employees don't get paid. So, so they're, they're going to have to push back on their customers and make their customers understand that, that we're all in the fraud game together. Well, do you see core platforms at any point in the near or, you know, middle distant future being able to take part in that education, maybe providing some of their, you know, technological, you know, 30,000 foot uh, expertise, maybe passing it along to a partner bank who may, you know, in some circumstances come to you or come to another core provider, you know, core platform provider yeah. and say, hey, can you help us develop some sort of, you know, we can bring in all sorts of people, but could, could you help us for our community that we serve bring in some type of fraud prevention education? Yeah, we're doing some of that already. I, I, I can't speak for everybody else. I do think we're, we as an industry are going to need to do it. I can tell you that CSI is absolutely doing that. We're talking about having, you know, specific videos we put out where it's generic. It doesn't need to be branded by the bank that the bank could then take advantage of. They would do just that. It would do an education, you know, whether, whether that be, it's kind of its own YouTube channel. We, we give them something to put on their site. Um, you know, maybe even that we do brand it, but, but yes, it, and, and I think the other thing you're going to see a lot more of, and, and CSI is definitely involved in this is the personalization and, and gamification, those mm -hmm. elements getting in their way into digital. That personalization will probably also come with personalized videos, you know, kind of educating. So if we could do, you know, not just have everything be doom and gloom videos that go out to end users, but if we could have some be insightful and educational, like here's how you could save more money, here's, you know, other products you could be looking at, and then occasionally say, here's security things you should wor worry about. Yeah, we do think that we can push a lot of that out through the personalization engine. Um, I, I, you know, I have a sense that a couple of my competitors are going to do some of that. I have a sense that a couple aren't, but I, I, I'm not going to, I'll let you figure that out on your own. <laughs> no, so you're good, yeah. I, I don't want to speak ill of any competitors. So. You've been listening to The Buzz, 
of Bank Automation News podcast. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you.